0: Menovation! (laughs) You can check us out on all major podcast platforms iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out our social media on Instagram at Menovation and Facebook at Menovation Podcast.
1: Episode 15 of Menovation coming in hot this morning. We have a special guest. Uh, he is a pastor, father, lover of Jesus, um, and so many more things. But he's joining us this morning to talk about all things that are man uh, here on Medivation. So, welcome, Matt Tuggle, Pastor hey, Matt. It's good to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is going. He. We wanted to have him on the podcast as our very first guest. He uh, is genuine, full of wisdom, just amazing to hang out. Tons of fun. Um, and then, of course, he is the pastor of our campus, um, and he's been here, what, four, five months? And six months six now. Six months. Yep. Okay. Going on six months. Um, and I can't think of a better human being to be our first guest. Um, so, yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. Diving in. Come on. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So, uh, first question, uh, since this is obviously a men's podcast with a bunch of dudes, um, just try to get the conversation going.
2: What is a man to you? That is a good question and I feel like it's like it's the question that um in our culture right now is is a hot topic, right? So I think really manliness sums up to when we when we watch movies and we we you know the movies that men are drawn to, it's leadership. It's leadership, but it's leadership that's selfless. Mm. And so I think the goal of a man is to be a great leader that has a selfless edge to it. That has a element of, you know, the leader who goes first, willing to lay it down for their tribe, their people. And so obviously that starts in the home. We talk a lot about, uh, you know, in the Bible says, wives submit, and that's a hot Mm. topic, right? Yeah, yeah. And I always like to think of submission as you're coming under sub a mission. Mm. And if a man doesn't have a mission big enough for his family, big enough for, his friends, big enough for his church, big enough for his business. It's really hard for people to come under something if the mission isn't good. And so our job, I think as men, is to fulfill the mission, right? Fulfill the mission for our marriage, fulfill the mission for our kids. So that, that, if I had to sum it up, what makes a great man is they're on mission and they lead, but they lead from that servant place.
1: Yeah. That's really good. Mm, Wow. Um, So from that, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us kind of the elevator pitch of who Matt Tuggle is.
2: Okay. Uh, I grew up and um, well, was born in the Bay Area, but we got out of there when I was real little, and I grew up in a small little country town called Oakdale, California. And hmm. uh, the farm, basically, I grew up around orchards. I was around orchards and cows my whole life. And then uh, we got done with college, got married to my beautiful wife, Lorraine, moved to San Diego. uh, during college, I was a youth pastor. Uh, I think I just got picked for that because I was wild <laughs> and the kids respected because they were <laughs> respect me because they were afraid of me. Yeah. That was uh, a good youth pastor. <laughs> yeah. So I was just a wild, uh, a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Anyways, moved down to San Diego for work. At that point, we were looking for a great church. First first church we walked into was Awakened Church. Mm-hmm. I heard uh our senior pastor, Pastor Jurgen preach. The uh, hunt was over. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Became the young adult pastor there over a few years. At the time I was working for a large security company, had a lot of success there. Um, So I was doing both, pivoted into full-time ministry, not actually fully by choice, had some rough things going at work, which (laughs) who knows, maybe that'll come up later, but adversity comes in life, whether you're doing great or not, there's always adversity. Yeah. Mm. Uh, had had a fun run as the young adult pastor, also had some adversity, <laughs> uh, got, got benched for a couple years, became an entrepreneur, started doing businesses, got my teeth kicked in for a few years there, finally figured some stuff out, mm. started working. And then they asked me to come back here and uh, come up to Salt Lake City, which I grew up snowboarding and uh, skiing. So I was Pretty much 90% in when they said Salt yeah. Lake. And once I met the people and came and preached one time here, I knew this was it. That's so awesome. now we're in Salt Lake, wow. pastoring a church and trying to run a couple businesses. There that it sums is. it wow. up. Yeah. Raised two uh, WWE wrestlers. That's, that's <laughs> <the dream>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. The stories you tell of them are hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have a, which I, what I love about Awaken, um, I was actually telling someone this in our, our little break room the other day. Uh, I was telling them I was doing Pathfinders. And uh, I was like, yeah, like so often Christian churches, you're either a you know, a pastor, worship leader, yep. youth pastor, missionary, right? And he yep. just kind of smiles and nods his head, like he obviously gets it. <clears throat> and I was like, but I, you know, the church I attend, it's, there's a, so much more to people, right? There's so much more to mm-hmm. unlock. And we were talking about business and all that kind of stuff. And I think that you're a great testimony of that. Like, obviously ministry is on your heart, but it's not the only thing that you are, right? right? And we're so much more complex. We're so much more deep. Um, So tell me a little bit about that initially, because that is really, that's kind of weird for people to wrap around their heads around, especially like standard Christianity. Like, oh, well, he's a pastor and he has a business or a few businesses, right? Like how how do you balance all that? How does that like, how did that come to be
2: for you? So that's really, and our church is very healthy and it's in our DNA. But back in 2013, um, I did a fast and I felt like, and it was a long fast. And I, it was one of those things where I ended and I felt like the only thing I got from the Holy Spirit, I'm like, well, that wasn't worth it. (laughs) Uh, it, He said, you know, the future of ministry is the mighty men who can throw the spear with both hands. And I interpreted that as could throw the, you know, could preach, pray and uh, pastor and love people and counsel people, all the things a pastor does and could also lead a business. Yeah. Yeah. King and priest. And then, so I didn't know that some of the generals of the faith, Billy Graham, before he died, he said, the next great revival is not going to look like Mm -hmm. it looked with me. It's going to come from the business world and the the influence world. Uh, I think it's the five pillars of society. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the seven. I can't remember. But uh, the point is that God's in a, I think a new season. And I think our, our church has caught that, that, you know, if I'm going to lead men uh, most of the men I lead are not a missionary, a worship leader or oh, a, wow. That's really uh, good. a youth pastor, wow. right? Yeah, yeah, I've only got like five of those guys yeah, in, in right. my church, but um but I've got a lot of guys that are trying to start a business who work in construction, who work in finance, right? right. And yeah. all these things. And I think it does give me a little credibility to go, hey, I know what a PL is. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, when you give your tithe money, I actually, you know, I understand that you can't run out of deficit. And that, you know, capital is how you can uh, leverage and take territory by building. So I personally would never want to, I've worked in the model. In fact, most of my life, I jumped between like, I I would go, I would, I was studying business in college and I could just see myself in the boardroom, you know, like CEO, (laughs) you're fired. You know, (laughs) I was, I was, I was jacked on that. And then, but I was in a church that I, I also loved seeing youth get turned on to Jesus and their life turnaround, get off drugs. And so for a long time, I felt like I couldn't, I had to, mm, I yep. jumped for like four years. I was in corporate and then four years I was the young adult pastor. And then it was, that was the pivotal moment for me. So I just got around dudes that were doing it. Dudes like a uh, doctor, pastor, Matt. And, yeah. uh, for those listen podcasts, that's a, another campus pastor in our church. I mean, even Jürgen, our, our senior pastor, he has, um, he has books and he has all this other side of business and he does a lot with real estate. So I love it, man. I don't, I think the church needs to catch up that because the other thing too, is I think a lot of people think I don't got time. Mm -hmm. If I'm a pastor, how could I have time to have a business? But you know what? I'm, I'm taking some of those businessmen like Abe Mm -hmm. who's, who's starting a business, but I also see he has a heart for people. So I don't have the bandwidth, but I've got dudes that I say, Hey, over here and I want you to go meet with that dude and pour into him and Building love on him. Team. It's not just me. So yeah. I'm forced to build a team because the vacuum is created that I don't have 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week to just love on people. Yeah, But I got a team of guys that all of us can give 10 and we can multiply that to thousands of hours a week of love in a city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's stay on
0: that topic. When you said the next great revival happened in the marketplace, what does that actually look like for someone who's in the marketplace and maybe, um, they feel that you know I'm 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 doing my ministry you know at church I'm do, I'm being the you know the Christian and then when I go into the marketplace it almost feels like there's this like dichotomy how do you uh, how does someone you know be a witness in the marketplace if there's going to be a revival
2: in the marketplace right I think that's such a good question um so obviously I I can pray in the morning for what I'm going to face in business and I might get a word from God but you don't talk Christianese in the boardroom, right? You don't talk on a C-level meeting. You don't want to go in there. You're trying to close a big deal. You're not going to kick down the door and be like, God told me we're working together. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they're going to think you're weird. So it's interpolating a faith filled, like believing that I'm, I'm a son of the King. So I know that what I carry, what authority, and that actually translates really well because in business you want confidence, you want excellence. I feel like, When I'm thinking business, I just could just turn on my audio Bible and listen to Proverbs over and over because Proverbs is so, you know, spot on with what a business world needs. You're bringing business essentially as you bring a service that has value and the more value it has to a person, the more money you'll make. Right. And so that's kingdom to me. That's, that's why we bring the word of God on a Sunday. It has value to people's life if they hear it. True, true. So I think it's just getting in the mindset that everything we do as men should bring value, you know, coming wow. here today, that's a good life lesson actually that mentor mindset. mine said, it says, you want to begin to float in circles of millionaires and billionaires and not be intimidated. Always be the guy that brings value. So mm. I text John this morning. Mm. I'm like, Hey man, what does everybody drink for coffee? Now he had already got ahead of me. And he's like, I'm already <laughs> picking up your coffee. But the point is, is like, I want to try to come here and bring, even if it's just coffee, I bring value. Okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then in circles, no matter what circle I'm in, uh, they go, I want him in that circle. He brings value.
0: So yeah, you're, yeah. so, uh, for someone who's in the marketplace and they want to witness the way to do that as, as a Christian in the marketplace is, um, your posture, the way you carry yourself. And then like, you know, the way you live your life and the, and the fruit, the the value that you add to that marketplace. And that's your way of witnessing so much, man. without being like, you know, Christianese language. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: I think Good it's stuff. just, look, uh, it's the hard reality of truth. The Bible says that God looks at the heart, but mm-hmm. man looks at the appearance. Yeah, 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 And so here's the reality. If you're not winning, your voice doesn't carry weight. It's just the truth. And God can give you the power to win uh, and teach you how to win. But if you are that person that comes into church and hallelujah, blessed be the Lord, you know, but you're, your numbers, you're like consistently sixth, seventh out of the top 10, and you're never hitting the goals. You're never crushing. Like I just say, chill out on you know, the Christian bumper stickers right now and win in there. So then people Mm -hmm. see your life and go, huh, I like what he's doing with his family. I went to a barbecue and the invite's easy when you're winning. So Mm -hmm. it's okay to win as a Christian. You know what I mean? If, especially if you're doing it for Jesus.
1: Yeah. You said something really interesting. And that's one thing I've noticed, um, is so often people forget that running a church is basically running a business, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you still have to have budgets. You still have to you know, you're, especially because you are honoring people's money, right? And you want to do it well, and you don't want to just waste it and do dumb things. And that's what I, it's funny, what I so see is like, pastors try and take on too much. Yeah. Right? They don't build teams, like you said, which I just, I just think that's great. I I love the balance of, you know, uh, it's the understanding, okay, I may not be great in area X, well, I'm going to raise up a leader who is, right? right? And it's, it's all about, it's not about being, uh, just the man of God. It's about raising up a team because it's like it's not just about you, right? It, there's right. just oh, that's so much, so much good stuff. So
3: I was just gonna say we we keep using the term marketplace. I think we should define that because we have listeners in different countries, and marketplace in India is where I will buy spices. Like, what exactly yeah. is a marketplace, and w- what do we mean when we say marketplace? Yeah. Um, but when we it's we use the general term for
1: marketplace, and Pastor, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, it's basically the business world. Right. Whether it doesn't matter whatever you're doing, whether you're working fast food restaurant, whether you're running your own business, you're working corporate construction, whatever. That is the marketplace. You know, um, it's just a good way of umbrella term to defining kind of the outside church world, I guess, in a sense, because we're all in it. We're all in it to a certain extent. We all have a job. We all have, you know, whatever. So.
2: Yeah. I, I think you encapsulated okay. perfectly. It's just, it's commerce. It's yeah, any commerce form. How are you making money? What are you trading? What are you doing to put a roof over your head? That's, that can, I mean, it can be, if you're an actor, Yeah, you're, that's, that's your market. That's yeah. your place yeah. where you are marketing your trade, your skill, whatever it is. So yeah, yeah that's what we're Yeah. And
0: marketplace to. also isn't, doesn't have to be business owner. Um, You can be an employee and you're still a part of the marketplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just to confirm what yeah.
3: uh, what he was saying, because I'm coming from a dip, from from that background of church where like serve 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 in the mm. church, you know, and the way I feel before, I was like I feel like I was in a treadmill running, mm. running, running, and I don't feel like I'm moving. And I remember going to a friend's restaurant, and he's always busy, and I can feel there is a need. You know he's a businessman. You know he's running a business, and I can feel his need, but I couldn't find a way. Right after coming to awaken and taking the the uh, apprenticeship, uh, pathfinders. Pathfinders, my mind, my mentality changed. That even affect or or in, um, it create a different environment in my work, but perspective like, hey, I can bring the the biblical principles here. So the home and then the whole mentality change and then you start to impact and then you start to influence other in the way that they ask you, what are you doing? You know, what? what is different on you? And that's a different way of influence. So now there is a push right now in other churches just saying, no, 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 that's prosperity. We call it prosperity. That's bad. That's wrong, you know, but. In my experience, I've seen more influence from the Bible into my work, you know, that right. God using my skills of what he gave me at work than ever before. So it's amazing what, what happening. It's ironic that people get up
1: crazy because we all go to work. Yeah. Right? We, it should be our, I mean, other outside of our families, obviously, it should be a main place if you want to call up, quote, quote, ministry. Right. We should know how to do it well. And it's so ironic. And that's something that like, I'm kind of in the middle of the Pathfinders thing, but the book, the first book we read, he talks about that. And he's like, people say that they don't love money, but yet the vast majority of their life is devoted to making money. Right. And it's like, I, I, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's all right. But yet we run from it and we don't know how to do things. And then we, we created this divide where there's two separate lives. Yep. I'm guilty of this, right? Where you have your church life and you have your, you know, your work life or whatever it is. And they're totally separate. And I remember that hit me, I don't know, like five years ago. I'm like, what am I doing? Like mm-hmm. these have to coincide. These, uh, this is who I am anyway. Right. So it's just, it's just ironic. And that's, what's cool. I think, um, about your journey, Pastor Matt is you're, you're living in both worlds. You're the Wesley Snipes of the,
0: <laughs> the blade. <right>? blade. <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll
1: take that. <laughs> so it's just, it's cool. It's really awesome to see. And, you know, we're really excited to be a part of it and, uh, I w- I would love to maybe get you back to really talk about business. Mm. Maybe we'll do a I love a, that topic a a special episode that you have to subscribe to our Instagram. Yeah, to I think oh, we'll do out. a little. I we'll <laughs> was we'll, uh,
3: talking to him in the beginning, John, you know, just yeah. before we we start recording, and and just the idea of how it works. You know, trying different things and. Find someone, find something that you like, and it's actually going to impact. That's a great, a great idea. And I think that the youth they need to listen to that. So it will be good
1: to yeah. open an opportunity Ooh, for that
3: pod- podcast. Yes,
1: yeah, I love I'm, that. I'm
2: down for that conversation. We're doing
1: that. Um, and just so everybody knows the only reason we don't want to stay in that is because he's got so much wisdom in so many areas. So we want to uh, um, kind of get a little bit of a uh, little bit of all his wisdom. So, so you mention you had boys um i know a lot of men out there obviously have young kids those types of things um and the question was as a father of boys what is one advice to fathers of girls and what would you teach your boys and what should we be sure to
2: teach our girls wow yeah Uh, that's that's a big question (laughs) of course ben thomas came up with that that great question (laughs) So that's a good question though. It's funny. Uh, a lot of my friends, for whatever reason, I, I have very few that have both, you know, like yeah. a lot of my friends either have so all true. girls or all boys. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, we've, we kick around the idea of trying to have a girl. We have two boys, three and four a year apart, which is probably why we've slowed our role because they were so close together. It yeah, almost killed my wife. So, <laughs> um, but for the boys, um, uh, So I had a good dad. Um, I have a good dad and I respect on him a lot. But one thing I think we should strive for is that I want my ceiling, which I hope I don't hit for a very long time. Um, Mm. I hate ceilings, but wherever that ends, I want that to be their launch point. And so, and I, I think my dad wanted that for me. And so there were things that I took anything gold from my dad. I just put in my... I try to sear and tattoo onto my heart. Like this okay. is part of being a man, selfless, great provider, you know, stable, secure, able to, you know, if you needed to have a deep conversation, uh, patient with that. Um, but there are other things that I looked and I'd see in some other men. I go, Whoa, that's pretty cool. You know, like that's, I really, I was more competitive than anyone in my family. I was the black mm-hmm. sheep. Like I played football. I, I, li- I liked winning. And my mom like almost didn't like winning. Like she'd feel bad for the other team and we sure. would obliterate them. <laughs> and I'd be like, mom, that's, that's not the point at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. uh, I wanted to be around men that were really hungry to win and take goals. And so mm-hmm. I subsidized, I've subsidized uh, some of that with other mentors in my world. So going back to my sons is I'm trying right now, to I, I'm hunting for things to bring back to them right? Hunter gatherer type of thing. I'm sure, hunting for, sure. you know what, this is how uh, great businessmen think. And then I'm yeah. trying to translate that to a four-year-old, right? So I'm thinking about things like, I never want to tell my son, son, we can't afford that. He want, every time we go to the store, he wants a toy. And the sure. easy answer as a dad is like, no, you, you know, we can't afford that, which we could, but I'm, I'm trying to teach him this, not, I don't want him to have a lack mindset. Yeah, So I'll say something like, Hey son, if you want that, you know, he's four. I said, we can, we can do some things where you can get money and you can come and back and get it. Sure, Teach sure. him that if you want something, all you got to do is, you Go know, put it. some work yeah. and get there. So yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm perpetually trying to break uh, cycles or thought patterns that, and I just recognize there are, my dad did so much and he took me so much farther than his dad and that should be legacy how it works, yes, yes. but there are still some things maybe he wasn't exposed to. The gap between me and a billionaire is mostly just knowledge. It's not yeah, yes, luck, so it's knowledge, right? And so I'm trying to, if I see somebody who's in the business world, I'm, you know, making eight figures, then I want to just, hey, can I just watch you? Like, it, you know, sure, might be creepy, sure. but can I just like try to be around <laughs> you? That's where I add value, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what I'm trying to do with the boys is <clears throat> speak life into them. So let me go back to this. I think a dad's role, you read even in the Bible – Uh, the father would give his like blessing over the son when they became an adult. And I think that translates to boys and girls. Uh, I think a dad for the girls, uh, I think a dad's role is to instill their value. And so making sure they understand that they're worthy of being the object of your affection, right? That they, they don't get to their teenage years with a deficit of like, am I worth a male's attention? Am I, am I pretty? Am I, am I valuable? Am I beautiful? Um, I think that's a dad's role. I think um, we, they'll learn from mom what strong femininity looks like. Yeah. Right. Cause we have strong women in our church, man, Absolutely. but, but strong and feminine. I, I, it is, Just saying it right now, it's not attractive when a woman leads like a man. Yeah. But I've seen great women that I would follow into battle, but lead strong femininity. So true. Right? And so I want my boys to be boys. You know, none of this like fluid gender stuff. My boys shall be boys. They shall not be afraid of pain. They shall, you know, not not back down in, in the face of intimidation. You know, I almost... Instructed my son, uh, he was dealing with a kid that was hitting, and I almost, I'm like, ah, that's probably too young, but I said, hey, if he hits you, hit him, hit him back. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> but there I was you like, go. you cannot say that to a four year old, but I was like, I'm close, you know, yes. and, 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 yeah, and also for 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 the for the boy too, for both boys, I'm like, you know, that's a little bit of that. Like, we gotta get back to like men being men. I'm not saying fists is the way to always go, sure, but. I also don't want my boys to not know what to do if a bully shows up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyways, the last thing I'll say too with, because uh, I was thinking about this with boys and girls, like, so we're all trying to get our kids to be healthy adults, right? Sure. That's the goal. This, this is, there's a reason I would say this to girls in a, in, in a sense of like, how do we foster? There's a reason that men like cheerleaders and it's not the skirts. Well, the skirts are part of it, but, uh, <laughs> it's also the fact that if you think about it, that's a person who win or lose is over on the sidelines cheering on. If you're on defense, they're going to say, go defense, go defense. So they they recognize what the scenario is, yeah, but they're cheering on that man. So I use this analogy when I'm counseling couples, I, I show a picture of like a, a fat football coach, right? Like most football coaches are pretty ugly, especially like the, the old, old guards. Yeah. 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 No offense, John Madden, but you know, (laughs) like, so I'll show a picture of that. Right. And then I'll show a picture of a cheerleader and I'll say, both people are on the sideline and both people are shouting what's going to happen. But I'll tell you what, no guy wants to go home with that dude. No, you know, we, we respect our coach, whatever, but That's not the one that we're going to take on a date night. Yeah. yeah. So it's this teaching that, look, my wife has wisdom, man. She sees things that I, she has saved my butt more times than not. Yeah. Right. So I I do lean into her a lot, but if she's critical, so she'll Mm. might see, like, I'm going to go have a conversation with somebody and she'll see something she'll go, she can come at me one of two ways. She can come at me like, how can you not see this? Open your eyes and almost get mad at me for being a a a neanderthal, right? Sure. <laughs> or she can say, "Hey, you know, babe, I I see that maybe if you talk to this person like this, it'll go like this." Yeah. And then when she see and I go, "Yeah, you know, you're right." She didn't criticize me for not seeing it, and that gives me an open door. And then what I do is when I go have it, you know, if she's cheering like, "Babe, you're the best at those conversations." Like I just want to say this for the ladies. Uh, men, we are super easy. If we're not hungry, and we are encouraged and praised. Like you can make us repeat our behavior, right? Oh, don't, like think it. about when you do something, your wife gets super excited and cheers for you, and like you're the best at this. You're like, I'm gonna only do that from now on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Dude, laughs> Am it's I so, wrong? Am it, I lying? It, there's you guys here. So, it,
2: right? yeah. so like, how do we develop girls that they have a voice? Yeah, we do yeah. not want our girls to be silent, yeah. but they recognize that, like, like as men encouragement is is like our core issue because we're called to be courageous yeah and encourage is putting courage in and i just see such a deficit where because maybe women have been suppressed in religion always suppresses women
1: yeah
2: um we took away women's voices maybe at times where we we lost the the power of reigning together but the counter swing is now women are gruff and harsh and, and blunt and mean, and it just doesn't get the desired result from men. Men shut down when they feel like they can't win. And so if you're yeah. always, yeah. if we teach our girls to be critical versus like, Hey, what you praise, you reproduce. Yeah. So that's, that's like my, my thing that I just, marriages are sabotaged <laughs> because women have <laughs> wisdom, but they don't yeah. know how to deliver it to men. So we shut down because men won't take a battle on if they know they can't win. It yeah. just won't. That's yeah. how we do it.
1: Yeah. It's so funny, like, listening to you talk, <clears throat> I keep thinking, go back to this thought. When you're talking about kind of the, the real base parts of, you know, little boys and little girls, I keep going back to Adam and Eve, right? And you recall, it. you just said it so well. It's like, I want to teach my son, essentially, to lead and to be a man. And then it's like, the other aspect of that is you mentioned value for the girls. And I feel like in that moment when all that was broken, those are the things that were broken, right? Men didn't lead and women's value was shattered because they were wow. obviously separated from God, all these things. And I just I love how you just laid all that out. Oh my gosh. There's so many things. Guys, say something because uh, there so
0: many areas there. So on like when you're talking about your sons and instilling these values in them, uh we you're always um passing something along right. th- to your kids, whether it's intentional um or not. Right. You know, inherently right. there's gonna be um, something that's the kids are picking up on and we like to talk about the good and the positive that we want to pass on but uh, as being a man like you also have to talk about the struggle right. so you know your your boys are watching you and you know you have your struggles does knowing that you're passing something on to them and they're picking up on it whether you like it or not does mm-hmm. that make you like face your struggles a, a different way like how do you approach that like you're like i don't want to pass this on to my boys like, how do you, how
2: how do you handle that? That's such a man that should haunt us as men. Not, not enough, not enough fear way, but that should lead us to be like, well, I don't know what to pray for. Pray for that. <laughs> you know, like so there are some, some battles I've had to fight that I do not want my sons to have to fight. I want to just give them the keys that I got. Now, don't get me wrong. Any battles worth a fight because you take territory and you get, uh, you get keys to unlock, not passing it on. So I don't want, here's the other thing. I don't want my boys to not know how to fight some fights, you know, Mm. but I don't want them to have to, I want them to fight fights that I never even got to get to fight because I didn't understand. I had to fight the first battles for them. Right. So it does haunt me as a man. Uh, and it, and it, but in a, in a holy way, it gets me to go to God and seek out him and, and get help and get mentors. Right. Yeah. I can think of, um, So I have a tendency sometimes I can sit in a room and I will be so up in my head, strategizing, thinking about things I want to do, thinking about daydreaming about business stuff or church stuff or whatever. And my boys are right there. You know, I'm thank God for my wife. She's like, you're not here. And I'm like, I'm right here. And she's like, no, you're not here present. Mm, Right. Wow. wow. So I don't want to pass that on. Um, Yeah, there's tons of things. So I just, like I said, I go back to, I love having good men in my world. And, and I have, some of them don't even know they're a mentor in this area, but I'm just in their life. And I say, okay, I see how you do this. I want to try to catch that Mm. for my boys.
0: I got a question for when you say you need to surround yourself with good men and that's what you do. You find mentors for some men. They're like, I don't even know how to like get around. Like, how Mm. do I like get into that kind Mm. of circle? Yeah. You know, I see them, but good I don't question. know how to yeah. uh, engage with them and like be a part of, you know, their circle. So yeah. I can, how, how does a man who feels that way, how, how do they step into being around leaders, good right. men, so they can pick up on what they're putting down?
2: So totally, man, the old, the old guard church thing is like a dude would come up to me like, Hey, we'd be my accountability partner or my mentor. We have coffee every other week. That lasts." Three coffees usually yeah. every time, right? We probably all have done that at some point. Um, I think it's more about going back to br- begin to add value. So let's say you're working construction, and there's there you've got the guy who owns the construction company, and you're like, you know, I love someday you start to get a big vision. Well, approach him and say, hey, boss, where can I add more value? What can I do? And as if you're adding value, people will welcome you into their circle. So, and, and really we all have a boss, right? You might not like your boss, so maybe you don't pick that, but there are so many people. And when you jump into one circle, you'll learn how they talk, how they think. Once you catch that, you'll find that now you've elevated into this circle and then you'll find out what circle that circle is trying to be involved with. Mm. And if you keep on being a value adder, you will jump into circles. You know, you'll jump into circles that, because look, like at this top thing, these, a lot of these guys, they don't need you to bring financial advice. They probably have a board of financial advisors. They don't need you. If they're killing it in that area, they probably already have those people in their world, but most people genuinely want to share what they've learned in life, right? Like when I'm good at something, I wanted to come on this podcast because I like talking about these things. This isn't a burden to me. So I'd say this, add value, identify the person, you know, don't, don't be weird, but just if you add value, you'll be welcomed into circles.
1: Yeah. It's actually a good point that you mentioned about the, the mentor thing is, uh, often when we go about asking for mentors, like what you just said, which is really interesting, and I'm guilty of this, mm-hmm. right, doing this, and then at the same time have someone doing this to me. What I've noticed the the mentorship that lasted the longest is when I did add value. And just because I don't know it doesn't mean I can't watch his kids. It doesn't mean I can't help him with stuff around the house, whatever he's doing. You know, um, if he's painting, well, I can't say any time to help that guy paint. But you know, it, I added value. It's interesting because when we're always taking it's very hard to sustain what's going on. And I think that that is something that, whatever it's human condition, culture, whatever, when we're seeking out mentors, I just love how you said this, if you're constantly taking, that mentorship's not going to last very long. Because that, especially if you're wanting mentorship, they have have limited time, you know, they need something. And it's not like it's a selfish thing, but it's like if you want it to sustain, if you want it to go somewhere, you've got to add value. That's such a great thing.
2: Yeah, I'll just, I, I want to add a real practical to this. So let's use the example of um, our, if you're listening to this podcast, our church has multiple campuses all over the place, uh, about 10,000 people in it and our senior pastor. So he has 10,000 people just on a regular Sunday that would love a coffee with him, love time with him. Not yeah, to include yeah. online viewing his books. Sure. He's been invited to speak everywhere. Like there's a lot of pull. So when he comes and speaks at Salt Lake, I, I'm not going to be able to theologically add a lot of value. Like, or, yeah. wow. you know, I see the marriage he has with with uh, Leanne. Like, I, I'm i never sitting there thinking I'm going to give him advice. Wow. But what I can do is I'm fiercely protective. He's staying a couple of days. If I take him out to dinner, I'm going to try to go to the nicest restaurant wow. where there's ambience that creates peace. And I'm going to try to shield, uh, you know, shield him from having to have tough conversations and, and cause he has to do that so frequently. So I'm just thinking, how can I, I make sure there's a nice bottle of wine waiting at their, at their house. So him and his wife can unplug. Uh, So I'm thinking about what I can do. And you know what ends up happening? We go to dinner and by osmosis, I see how he treats a waiter. I see how he talks to Leanne at dinner and I, and you know, and sometimes he'll ask questions and I'll get to, I'll have that, but I don't, come into those conversations saying, man, I really got to get answers here, 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 here. I just try to add value and I'll pick things up. And then wow. if, if that, hmm. if that is offered of, Hey, what's going on at your church? What's the biggest question you have? Like, of course I'm going to bring that. But if I don't get anything in that visit, I'll make sure that my job, I want him to want to come back. I want him to go. Salt Lake is where I can unplug and I don't have to do all the work. Wow. Right and That's it great. ends up working that i get a lot from that
1: wow i mean what do you i don't know. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> awesome. let that sink in for a second uh,
3: so question uh what what's your advice to men who are sitting back and shrinking from fatherhood uh mm-hmm. or or husbandry because of past hurts failures and letdowns i have come across a lot of men who uh because of past relationship failures because of uh the, their upbringing because of their the lack of fatherhood that they had in their lives uh, are shy or afraid to take on uh, responsibilities in the house like what what is your advice to those kinds of men who've been through that
2: yeah I think uh, any man would that's been doing this whole being alive thing for more than like 25 years knows that there are moments you lose you know they're just part of life. There's times you get kicked in the teeth. There's times you tried something and you failed. Um, and the temptation uh, I think for men is that if we don't think we can win, we won't play. Right. Like if we just don't feel any So the areas you're backing out of, you don't think you can win. So Mm -hmm. I go back to one, look around your circle and find a guy that is winning and begin to watch them. And study them and be, just be willing to, to know that you can win if you're okay with being uncomfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. like we're such a soft, like, you know, we, we live in this prosperity that the greatest generation created and, you know, and we're, we're just soft sometimes. Mm -hmm. And look, I have sympathy. I've been there. I mean, I, I, I share the story of when I really got my teeth kicked in, I couldn't sleep. And I was basically drinking myself to sleep every night. Um, I don't, You can call it high-function alcohol, whatever, but I needed like three or four drinks to fall asleep for a season. I didn't need them, but that's what the, mm-hmm. the low I was in. I was pulling myself out <sighs> of the game, right? And I wish I could say like, like magic wand, someone pray for me and poof, mm-hmm. but literally it was just me getting to the point where saying, you know what, I'm either going to stay a loser here or I'm just gonna fail forward. I'm just not gonna right. be afraid. My biggest fear was failure, which is why I pulled. When I felt like I failed, I completely pulled myself out of the game, and I just decided like I'm gonna be a glorious failure. I think of like Buzz wow. Lightyear is like that's falling with style, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But it great. somehow it all comes together, right? It comes <laughs> mm-hmm. together, and it, everybody's like, he did fly, you know. And that's that's <laughs> really what it is. I'd say, look, you can stay there and you can stay stuck but you have a God in heaven who believes in you and did not promise that you would fail. Mm. You know, John says, beloved, I pray you would prosper even as your soul prospers. So if you're there, if you know you're not leading your wife, get up, start trying Mm. and just be okay. Failure is not bad. Failure is the greatest teaching tool in Mm -hmm. our lives. But Mm -hmm. you know, we've like, we give, ribbons for participation. Like we got good winners or good losers. Tom Brady wins a lot. He's also lost a lot of Super Bowls, mm, you true, know, right? lost true. some heartbreaking Super Bowls where he was supposed to win. And that's why he's not cool. against the giants, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 no, but he's cool as a cucumber because mm-hmm. he's lost this before yeah. and he's won this before. Yeah. So we just got to get up and grab, grab another dude. Look, like here's the other thing with dudes. We think that we're the only dude struggling with this thing. And it's like men are pretty simple. Yep. We're either mm. struggling with some kind of vice or porn. Like that's that's always mm. one of the two things. <laughs> yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> right? right. that, yep. You're you're beat, you're you're you can't go. You're either drinking yourself silly, taking drugs, or looking at porn. That's what you're doing. So statistically, <laughs> wow. in a room of 10 guys, guarantee Mm. one, two of those guys will be, I've been in that exact place, but instead we hide and think that we're the only guy that likes boobies. And it's like, no, it's not the case. (laughs) So get, get out there, (laughs) get some dudes around Mm. you that are winning. So if you're losing stop drinking with lo- your losing friends. You know, mm. the temptation when you're losing is to get around guys that make you feel better about your losing. Like, well, I'm losing, but at least Bill, you know, yeah, Bill a just got Bill. divorced. So me and Bill should go out. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, get around a guy who's winning and just suck it up buttercup and know that God loves you and he's for you and he wants you to win. Come on, And so you're, and mm. I'll tell you this. It's a ruthless cycle because nothing irritates a woman more. I want to talk to Merriman. Nothing irritates a woman more than a idle man. Like when a man's mm-hmm. just sitting there, can I get hey man? Like, yeah, like you work all day yeah. and you come home and you just, ah, uh, I'm going to watch a game. And that's when she's like, oh, we have so many to-do lists here. You know, yeah, she's you have yeah. to communicate. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. babe, I, I actually need a little bit of downtime, but you know, like it's a ruthless cycle and you're spiraling out and you're not leading. And then you're, you're like, my wife's so mean and she's mean because you're not leading. Cause there's no mission mm, for wow. the family to come under They're there. Come wow. So you're going, you're spiraling down and you just got to know you have a father in heaven. I don't care if you had a terrible daddy here on earth, you have a father in heaven that's for you, wants you to win. And you have other guys that have been there. And if you will lean into those two things, get up, stop hiding. You you will start to win. You really will. I can just tell you like the stop hiding and get up and get some dudes around you You know, don't pick one guy, just one either. Sometimes, you know, you're like, well, I I try to reach out to this one guy. It's like, no, look, you, I've got dudes. I've got, I've got, I call them boards, right? Mm. And when I get like with another dude who's trying to get a victory in an area, uh, I'll say, hey, I want you to get a board of like four guys, four guys that are kicking Mm. butt in this, sorry, almost a, a kick butt in this say area. You, want. you can say right? whatever you want. Oh <laughs> yeah. And, and we're not a clean podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. no. Anyways, sorry, I had to mark this as explicit I could go on about this. This one hits me. I see men pull himself out of the game all the time. You can win. You will win. Your wife will freaking adore you because you. she, she sees you. She sees the hurt. Even if she doesn't say it, she knows you're hurting. And if you just mm. get up and start trying, it'll be messy. You'll get in fights with your wife, but she would rather fight you than you being passive. Come on, mm, come wow. on, that's wow. incredible. Look, look, I, I like where
0: you're. Yeah, you're you're going off right now, so we gotta like, <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. gotta like
2: squeeze the sponge right here. And
0: so you talk about winning. You got some gold, baby. Men, like we need to win in life, but there's so many unhealthy mindsets around winning. Yeah, there's the uh, the mindset of like I feel bad winning. They almost feel right. guilty, right. or when they have a win, um, they. They self-sabotage it because yeah. they feel like they're not uh, worthy of attaining that mm. that victory. Mm-hmm. How, how do you uh, how do you come at winning with a healthy mindset? Like what kind of where do you have to be uh, in your in the, what's the correct headspace you have to be in when you're winning? When you're mm-hmm. attaining that's victory? such a good
2: question, Tyson. Um, I think you I, I, you know not sound Christianese, but you got to get in the in the word right, and you've got to think God. Jesus said, "I came to Fulfill the Old Testament. So I feel like we throw, uh, sometimes men, we need the Old Testament. We need the the taking dominion type of stuff. Like Israel went out to battle and they took dominion. And then we need to read the stuff about when a, when a king didn't follow the principles of God. Mm. Israel lost territory. Like we've got to remember that in this life, the, the Old Testament's a prophetic shadow of what Jesus came to restore. And so when Israel was following God, you know, when David, a righteous man, got mad from God's heart, one of the things that was called go take the promised land, go take the territory, Moses, go take territory. And so it is in us. We are still in a battle against principalities, against spiritual forces and people come under those. So, you know, it's like, oh, let's use president for example. Well, you should never talk back. No, I will call out the spirit a president is operating in. Doesn't and I and I when I pray, I pray for God's will to be done in government. I pray for that person to have an encounter with God, Republican or Democrat. But I'm not sitting there just like, oh, just bless this guy. No, if he's if he's pro abortion, I don't want that blessed. So I, I, I will I will, I yes. will rage ah. against the spirit behind that. So good, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so. What was the original question it was like <laughs> how do we win mindset right, how yeah. 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 do you
0: win correctly and what's the headspace you have to be in because a lot of people feel like they don't deserve this winning yeah or um, they when they do start winning they self-sabotage it because yes mm-hmm. so
2: the self-sabotage there we go so one understand God wants you to be in the fight right and you're not and then two the self-sabotage I think what really helps a man and we need to get back to is and I think this comes from like the World War II generation there were some things that could have been better. We didn't understand PTSD and all that, but, but I think men used to understand that it's not about you. Like, like men could work one job for 40 hours on an assembly line and retire back then because the win was, so when I'm thinking about winning and I, I would self-sabotage pro, to be honest, when I win for me, I kind of revert back to some of my old insecurities But when I just keep the eyes and I'm winning for my boys and I'm winning yeah. for my family. And, and, and I still, I just, my self-focus just does not produce a lot of fruit, you know? (laughs) And I think, I think as men, we were like literally made to do that. Like we would find so much more satisfaction and we'd keep our head on straight because you know what, when I kick butt and I close a big contract, if I think it was for me, well, then I start thinking, well, how should I reward myself? Yeah. 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 Hmm. So true. You know, oh, the wife's not in the mood tonight. Well, where else should I reward myself, mm-hmm. right? So we we go down this path. But when I when I come home and I'm like, we just won, and I think that's for Levi and Asher, because yeah. I want to leave them some investment properties someday. You know, and I want this. It, it just keeps my head on straight. I'm not saying we can't set goals and reward ourselves, but if every win is just about you, comes back to the mission thing. You're you're gonna self sabotage because we weren't meant to do this for us. That's mm. just being a man. Being a man is like, hey, this back is, is, is broke for others. You know, this, this, this sweat is about other people. Doesn't mean I don't enjoy my life, doesn't mean I don't have a lot of fun, but my core value, if I'm focused on me, I just seem to sabotage everything.
1: Wow. <laughs> like Jesus. <That's, laughs> just saying,
2: just saying. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't jump because I can't right now. It's because it's amazing.
2: <laughs> and
3: I hope you you listeners can can feel this uh what's going on in this room. It's it's really amazing.
1: Yeah. It's a good room.
3: Yeah. Pastor Matt,
1: we cannot thank you enough for uh 45 minutes is up. We're really? Yeah, we're Dude, there. That's, that's amazing. amazing. Oh, so fast. <laughs> and um if you guys like These are the types of men that you want to surround yourself with that are selfless, that know how to win. And when we say win, it's not like the traditional, like, oh, I'm just going to make a ton of money, blah, blah, blah. But it's like (laughs) successful family, successful Mm -hmm. marriage, great dad. And then all the other stuff is just kind of like icing on the top, right? Right. Um, And that's what we love. And that's what Menovation is about. Pastor Matt is a man in renovation, just like the rest of us is. And he's constantly knocking out walls, putting up paint, whatever it is, um, to make his life a life that's worth living, a life that's worth looking so adds at value. and adds value. Mm-hmm. So well, Ben. So, uh, Pastor Matt, we just want to thank you for being on this episode. It sounds like you're going to have to come back. Oh, that- so, <laughs> Thanks, um, guys. I appreciate it. But you guys do not want to miss the next episode. We get one more hour or so with Pastor Matt, And he is just going to, you thought that first episode was good? He's about to blow the roof off. We're going to talk about (laughs) adversity. And he has just such a powerful testimony around this and how he survived. Um, And then he came out on the other end. So do not miss episode 16. This has been episode 15 with Tyson, Abe, Ben, and of course our guest, uh, Pastor Matt Tuggle. Uh, Check you guys next week. Check us on Instagram and all that good place. Thanks. Bye.